So the title of this week's message, and it may end up being a a two-week message apparently, is The Speaking Part of Faith. The Speaking Part of Faith. Let's start out with Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 25. Uh, Amazing passage of scripture, of course, um, if you've been around uh, or listened to uh, Kenneth Hagin very much, you might have heard this scripture before uh, as one of his probably it was his favorite passage of Scripture. It's the passage of Scripture that uh, brought him uh, out of a condition of terminal blood disease, being paralyzed on his bed. Uh, this Scripture is a Scripture that God used, that Jesus used, uh, to show him the truth of the Word and cause faith to come into his heart, or at least come alive in his heart. And uh, then he got up well and whole and healthy uh, within an hour. So it's a tremendous passage of Scripture, and it's, of course, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I love this passage of Scripture for many reasons. One is it really will cover any situation in anyone's life. Because if you have the King James Version, it says, uh, whosoever shall have whatsoever. So I don't know about you. I don't know if you realize it or not, but you are a whosoever, and I am a whosoever. That means whosoever. So whosoever shall say, that means if I say, if you say, if, uh, you know, anybody says, they'll have whatever they say. So it's, a, it's an amazing passage of scripture, but let's read it and then we'll get into the message. Uh, verse 22, and Jesus answering, you know, verse 21, and Peter called to remembrance, said to him, master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered, said to them. So he must have said it like, you know, Jesus, that tree, it withered. And he, so he answered the, the pondering or the thought or the statement, or if he said it in a tone of questioning, he answered him. He said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. So this was a, this was a situation where something in the natural realm had changed and had been made different, and it was made different not because somebody went and sprayed poison ivy poison or brush killer on the tree. In other words, and nobody went and chopped the roots of the tree, and nobody went and put a chain around the tree, you know, different ways you can kill a tree. Nobody went and uh, plowed over the tree. Someone, a man, spoke to the tree. That man was Jesus. He spoke to it. And then the next time they passed by, it had withered. I should maybe practice that with poison ivy. You know, but, uh, and so, and Jesus' answer to how that happened was, have faith in God. So you can see if you need a change in the natural world, in the natural uh, realm that you live in, in other words, if you need to change your surroundings, if you have a, uh, a car that you need a different car, if you have something in your body, on your body, around your body that you don't want to have there anymore, if you have something of the devil, because he's of the natural realm and the natural world that keeps trying to cling on to you, uh, the answer to your problem is faith in God. Have faith in God. And uh, what happens to us, all of us, if you don't pay attention and if you don't stay in the Word of God and yield to the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God speak to you, and speak through you, is you get overcome by the circumstances that surround you, right? Have you ever been 
uh, I've been like, you know, oh, joyful, happy, things are going great. And then you get around a group of people and like, they're not having a good day. And they're like, oh, you know, it's a terrible day. And you're like, no, it's a great day. You know, and things are great and da, da, da. And they're like, well, no, did you hear that the president decided such and such and then that uh, this is happening and that's happening, da, da. And, you know, before long, if you don't pay attention, you're like, man, this is not a good day. And you start to kind of take on what's there. Uh, and then what happens is you, you, you have all this, let, let's just take like in the realm of healing. So you go and you get a report, uh, a bad report, a negative report, something's wrong from the doctor. And, you know, then you go and you research it on the internet and it seems like a little worse. And then you talk to a relative who had the same thing and, you know, their leg had to be cut off. And, you know, uh, Aunt, Sister Su- Aunt Susie died of that. Uh, you start to like have all of this other information come in. And in the absence of speaking the word of God, it's going to be very difficult for you to resist that information. So uh, there's so many steps of faith, and sometimes you will find like, okay, I found out that Jesus is my healer. I found out that he's the one that heals me, and so I'm not going to say I'm sick anymore. But we don't speak health, and we don't speak healing, we don't speak uh, protection. So we kind of go into a a neutral state. Well, Jesus said that you will have whatever you say. So let's go ahead and and read the uh, verse 23. For verily I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And I like to read verse 22 and 25 with those passages all the time because I think they're so illuminating. And if you look and see where Christians, not non-Christians, but where Christians will have some of the biggest problems with health and healing and getting things from God is they're in unforgiveness. And uh, ought, don't have ought against any. Uh, Forgive if you have ought against any. Uh, Ought just means the littlest thing. So if you have anything in your heart against anybody, some little, uh, or, you know, you see him and you're kind of like, uh, and, uh, you know, there'll be certain people in your life, I can probably guarantee you that you're going to have to, like, pay attention so you don't allow ought to remain against any, okay? Um, I say that from personal experience. But it's just a decision that you make. And so uh, you, you want to have, have uh, that taken care of. And um, if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. So you can see that um, your faith has to be released through the words of your mouth. Okay? So... You can believe something all day long, but if you don't speak it, if you don't act it, it's not going to do you any good. And um, actually, Brother Hagen, like I had mentioned, was raised up from uh, being sick by uh, meditating on Mark 11, 23, 24, and then he saw, oh, I see, I have to believe that I am healed before I physically feel it before I see it, before I can even get out of this bed because I'm paralyzed, I'm going to have to believe that I am healed and I'm going to have to speak it before it comes to pass, not the other way around. And so uh, really the way that you're brought up uh, in regular things is you have to see it to believe it. 
Well, you don't need to believe it once you see it because you know it. So you don't really have to believe it then. Uh, so faith is really in the unseen realm and the unfelt realm. So if you're, uh, say you're going to speak to your body and uh, command it to be well, well, you're going to call your body well before it feels well. You're going to call your skin cleansed before you see it cleansed, if you're acting by faith. If you're not acting by faith, then you're going to have, speak to yourself, or you're going to have someone pray for you, and you're going to look to see, after they prayed for you, did it change? That's walking by sight. That's not walking by faith. So Jesus said, um, verily I say unto you, and, you know, of course, verily is equivalent to us, like uh, we've had some um, politicians recently that have uh, had investigations done and different things like that, and so what they want to say is, like, did you say this under oath or did you not say this under oath? Because why is that a big deal? Because when you say something under oath, you can have legal penalties based on what you say. But if you just tell the news media or a friend or whatever, hey, I didn't do this or this is what I did, uh, in the legal realm, there's no, there's no recourse, okay? But when you say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, I'm not, nothing but the truth, so help me God, uh, and you're sworn in and you make a statement, then there can be consequences to what you say. So you realize, I better tell the truth because... They're going to find other people that they're also going to swear in. They're going to tell the truth, and it's a, it's a good way to get people to tell the truth. Well, um, the reason I take time to mention that is this is like what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying the strongest statement he could say, like the strongest statement in our society is to like swear in. I swear to tell, I'm telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And that's what Jesus is saying. Not that Jesus would ever lie, but he's emphasizing, like we would have ever said, like somebody, honestly, let me tell you honestly. You know, it's such a funny statement for a Christian to say, because you're like, well, you're lying the rest of the time? But you're not. You're just saying, like, I'm emphasizing this statement. I want you to pay close attention. This is very important. And so that's what Jesus is saying. I want you to pay close attention. This is, attention. This is very, very important. For verily... I say to you that whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. So Jesus did not say that he'll have whatever he believes. Jesus said he'll have whatever he says. Now you still have to believe it and say it, but he's not saying uh, verily, verily, I'm saying to you, this is the way it is. Pay attention, listen up. Whatever you believe, that's what you're going to have. If that was the case, Christians would have a lot more because, um, you know, there's a lot of people that believe and don't speak. So he was meditating actually on this uh, in his church, and he had kind of laid down on, on the stage of the church while he was meditating, and he had read through the whole book of Mark. It's his favorite book of the Bible, and he was at the end where it talks about, and these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak in new tongues, and, you know, if they drink any deadly thing, it won't harm them. He was thinking about that, and then in his heart, the Lord said, did you ever notice that that verse says, has say three times and believe only once? And he actually said out loud, no, I never did notice that. So he went back and he looked and he's like, that's exactly right. And so you see um, that uh, verse 23 says, 
For verily I say unto you, that doesn't count because that's Jesus talking about it, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and that's one, and not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Not he'll have whatever he thinks, not he'll have or whatever I want him to have, he'll have whatever he says. Not whatever he believes, but he'll have what he says. And um, so it's important uh, the words of our mouth and what we say. I remember, uh, I'll probably close with this. Uh, I remember, uh, if you've ever heard uh, the uh, Believer's Authority, which is a great series, and we're going to do actually a series on the authority of the believer here probably in the next couple months. But um, uh, I have a similar experience to this in that um, I had some friends in Georgia and I started to get some light and understanding on faith and the things of faith. And that you didn't, like, have to just be subject to every cold or flu or sickness or disease. And, like, there was some freedom. And so I started, I started to, like, see some light. And I was like, ah, is this possible? Is this real? This is amazing. And I started to learn. And then uh, uh, Dad Hagen came uh, to the church I was sneaking off to and... Uh, uh, you know, kind of the rest of that is history. But this guy I was talking to, he realized I was kind of starting to believe a little different. Uh, we were in a particular denomination. And he said, you know, he's like, you know, what about sickness and disease? And, you know, what do you believe about it? And I said, well, I believe the will of God is for us to be healed and us to be healthy. And, um, well, are you saying, like, you would never get cancer? I said, no, I'll never get cancer. And he said, I would never say anything like that for anything in the world because the devil is, and he's kind of like, this is funny because I'm not trying to like copy Brother Higgins' story. It's just that similar because apparently it's the same spirit influencing that person. Anyhow, um, they just don't understand. Uh, so he's like, well, I would never say anything like that. The devil's going to hear you and then put cancer on you. And I said, no, he's not. He, he's not going to do that. And um, so Brother Hagen, one time he was ministering, and they had a, some people came, and uh, people get really weird about spiritual things sometimes, and you know people think they're God's gift to the whole of Christianity and stuff like that. And so uh, this prophet thought he was like the great prophet that was supposed to do all this stuff, and sent word to some people to tell Brother Hagen he was going to put a curse on him because he didn't like what he was preaching. And Brother Higgins said, and they, and they said, Brother Higgins, this guy said that he's going to put a curse on you. And uh, <clears throat> Brother Higgins said, well, you send word to him that I double dog dare him to put a curse on me. You can't curse whom God has blessed. And they said, oh, I don't know. We know this person. He put a curse on them, and they died and a curse on them. And he said, if they did, it's only because they believed it. He said, you cannot curse whom God's gonna, who, who God has blessed. And um, But... The reason I wanted to tell that little story, and there's a little more to it, but, you know, that's, that's the, the gist of it, is because how easily people put stock in negative words and the power of negative words. In other words, the people that were trying to tell Brother Hagin, they were true believers, and they said, no, no, you don't understand. We're trying to protect you. This person has spoken words over other people, and they got sick, and some of them died. So they believed in the power of the words, but they just hadn't, like, flipped it around and said, okay, like, let's believe in the power of positive words, of the word of God. 
like by his stripes I am healed, or whom God has blessed you cannot curse. Uh, so it's amazing that we can, you know, so many times you look at a scripture, if you're having trouble understanding a scripture, many times what you want to do is you want to reverse and make it the opposite, Right? So, verily I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast to sea, it doesn't doubt in his heart, believe those things which says shall come to pass. You could actually reverse that and say, if you don't say to the mountain, it's not going to leave, and you won't have what you say. Uh, but what's interesting is, you have what you say, whether good or bad. And uh, one guy came up to um, that Egan and said, you know, uh, what you're preaching about that, that just does not work. It doesn't work. I've tried it. It does not work. And he said, really? <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, you know. Um, and Brother Hagin said, well, he said, I think it's working just fine because you're saying it doesn't work, and it says you'll have what you say, and it doesn't work for you. And the guy, he said, at least he was honest. He stopped me and said, oh, I see what you're saying. And... Um, I think experiences like that are good because it's so easy, like, getting your, your routine. Okay, I believe this. I got, I got it all down. And, and uh, many times we don't. And, uh, you know, it's amazing the, uh, the power in our words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And um, they that love it will eat the fruit uh, thereof. Somebody says, what does it really matter if I say that, or at least I'm not saying something bad? Um, you know, you really, you have what you say. And you, the whole course of our life, in James, you know, one of the favorite passages about the tongue, the whole course of our life is actually directed by our tongue. And the devil knows that. The devil knows that the tongue is, to our life, like the rudder is to a ship, or a bit is to the horse's mouth. So you got a bit in the horse's mouth, and that's how you're going to lead him and guide him and have him go certain places. And the rudder, it says, it can move this huge, large ship. And what I love about a rudder is, if you've ever done any sailing, I've only ever gone sailing once, but I think I would love sailing. You know, I loved it when I went, and I think I would love it because it's so quiet and peaceful. But you know, you can actually sail into the wind because you have a rudder and a sail. Okay, so the rudder actually sets the course of that ship, and even our largest military ships, they have a rudder, and that's what, uh, that's what guides them, and the devil knows that, and um, he wants to direct your life through your tongue, so if he can get your tongue hooked up with his thoughts, then who's directing your life, and where's your life headed? In other words, like, this always happens to me. This is the worst ever. You know, I'm always having extra expenses, and there's never enough money, and I never get ahead, and, right? Because the devil has no power over you or me, if we're Christians, than what we give him, except for what we give him. In other words, the power we give him is we yield our tongue to him. And uh, even James said, you know, uh, you've got, like, blessing and cursing coming out of the same fountain, like, you know, does a fountain have sweet and bitter water? Or it's either good or it's bad. It shouldn't be this way. And uh, so you can find yourself, I can find myself, you know, I have found myself at different times where you're, you're saying things like that, you know, and then you're like, do you really want that? Is that really what you want? Because it's setting the course of your life and it's setting the course of my life. And so uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue and different levels of death and life.
right? I mean, you could speak life into a relationship. You can speak death into a relationship so that you actually um, buoy up that relationship. You cause more fruit to be produced in that relationship or you cause more division to be in that relationship and more separation to be in that relationship. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. And if you, I love thinking relationship because um, most of the time in relationship, the realm of relationship, you're thinking of words, right? When you think of like money, sometimes you think, well, making this money, that money, your words affect all of that. Your words affect your finances. Uh, but relationship is one of the areas to get really good understanding of the power of words. Because if you have a close relationship with someone, you know how easy it is to speak words that cause a pause or a question <laughs> or really to help and to buoy up. And um, so speaking has a great, uh, huge part in our faith because really without speaking, you're not going to receive what you believe. It just doesn't happen automatically. You have to speak, uh, believe, and speak like Jesus said. Uh, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. So when we get the word of God, we want to believe the word of God. And then when we believe that those things that we're saying, which are the word of God, come to pass, then we will have whatever we say. Not what we believe, but what we say. And not what your pastor says. And not what your husband says, or your wife says, or your friend says. But you have what you say. Right? I mean, corporately as a pastor, obviously there's things I say over the church that you could participate in because it's a corporate. But you really want to have what you say. I mean, you're going to have what you say whether you want to have what I say or not. I mean, you're going to have what you say. Um, But you want to be speaking the right things yourself because uh, it's not something that someone else can do for you. You have what you say. Um, Have faith in God, or as the margin says, have the faith of God. Have the God kind of faith, faith the way that God has it. Even God himself is bound to the faith system. He is a faith God, and he speaks words of faith. Um, That whoever says to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says. Stand with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity that we have to receive from your word. We thank you, Father, uh, that when we believe you and speak, that we have what we say. Father, we thank you that you have designed our lives to be lived by faith and that we please you by faith. We thank you. We trust you. We believe you. And Father, we thank you that you put a guard upon our lips And Father, that we will speak life, that you'll give us wisdom, revelation, understanding from your word, that we would partake of everything your very best for us and for this world. Father, we thank you for those in authority. We pray that you give them your wisdom, your understanding. Those that don't know you, Father, we pray that you would draw them unto you, Father, that you would reveal the truth of the gospel uh, to all of the leaders of our country and of our nation and those that are running for leadership of our nation. Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is our personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.